Good morning, everyone. It is the 2nd of November, and I'm joined today by Seamus Lyons, Niall McDonnell, and Asim Kadri. Seamus, it was a pretty bad week in the US, in the equity markets last week. What happened there? Good morning, Lorna. Yeah, sure. So equities in the US had their worst weeks since, since March, primarily driven by a resurgence in coronavirus, both in Europe, where there was new restrictions, lockdowns put in place, but also in the US, where cases are ticking up at a rapid pace, but also we were a week to go to the US presidential election, and you know that's at the forefront of people's minds, so that caused a lot of uncertainty as well. So yeah, poor week for US equities, so they fell over 5.5% on the week. And actually, it was quite broad-based. You didn't see a big difference between value or growth stocks. Most sectors were down similar amounts, so IT and consumer discretion fell the most. Utilities, materials, a little bit less, but a very, very bad week. And actually, now that takes, so it wiped out all October's gains. So October was a negative month, the first since March. And now on a year-to-day basis as well, the S&P is back towards kind of flat, where it had been up you know, close to 7 or 8% at one point. There's a lot going on in the US at the moment. And how has that been reflected in volatility levels? Yeah, again, with such a negative performance, the volatility index, the, the VIX, that shot up, that was kind of in the high 30s, low 40s. So again, it's the highest it's been since the summer. I mean, that's been increasing for a few weeks now as well, because September, we saw a little bit of a pickup, certainly October now again. So uh, higher levels of volatility above the kind of the trends we saw towards the summer is definitely uh, something more of a, a normal for the market now. So Niall, did that feed into strength in the US government bond markets? Good morning, Lorna. No, unusually last week, what we've seen was a rise in the government bond yields in the US. So typically when you have these spikes in equity volatility, investors seek the protection of government bonds and we see US treasuries rally. This didn't happen last week and unusually government bonds sold off as well in line with equities. And why do you think that was? What's different this time? Yeah, good question, Lorna. I think investors are paying close attention to the upcoming presidential election. If we get a Biden victory, which is looking like it's a very strong possibility, he will implement a massive fiscal expansion program. This should lead to an upward trajectory in long-term government bond rates. So I think investors are focusing on that and maybe pricing in higher US government bond rates on the back of it. That seems very likely. On the other side of the world, in China, Asim, we've had the Chinese Communist Party Congress going on. Have they mentioned their future relations with the US? This is something which has been a theme for the last few years, hasn't it? Trade wars and that sort of thing. Yeah, morning, Lorna. So there was a mention of relations with the US, and it was said that a completely coupling between the US and China was unrealistic and did no good to either country or the world in general. So there was a 16% increase in US-China trade in the third quarter, and that was also alluded to during the Congress as a sign that US-China relations need to remain intact given the benefit of economic growth, both within US and China, but also globally. That's and one of the world's great trading relationships, of course. Any other major highlights from the Congress there? So on the whole, I'd say that the key elements that were discussed aren't particularly new. And on the whole, the main points uh, that were raised have been mentioned previously by policymakers. The main emphasis was on ensuring that Chinese economic growth is of a high quality. And the, crucially, there was no mention of a specific numerical target. So that's a slight move away from previous five-year plans. There's going to be a greater reliance in terms of being self-sufficient, particularly within technology. And in general, innovation and market reform will play a greater role in driving growth. So on the whole, you would expect that growth in China becomes more sustainable, higher quality, and also more balanced since income inequality remains a big issue in China. So that will play out over the long term. But this week, Seamus, it's going to be all about the US election. Could you give us your thoughts on what we should expect? Sure. 
One very interesting thing for me is actually um, the amount of voting that's gone on already. So obviously because of the coronavirus restrictions, voting has been open in the US for a few weeks now. So you've already had 93 million votes cast. You look to 2016, the last election, that's two thirds that amount. So, you know, a significant number already have voted. So the turnout this time is going to be significantly larger than it was in the previous election. But still, the polls are open. There are still things that can happen on the actual polls themselves. There's been little movement. Biden's had a healthy lead for a while now. So if you look at the main polls, he has a seven point lead on the national polls. Everyone talks about the swing states and the battlegrounds. He has a three point lead there. It has narrowed, it's bounced around, but you know, it still is a lead, it's narrower. So on the on the kind of presidential election side, Biden is the clear favourite. And what about the race for control of the Senate? The Senate is harder to call. So the polls have it a bit tighter, not much difference. A lot of toss-ups where it's very difficult to judge. So it's not as straightforward. But one thing I would say there is that typically when you have seen a change in president, so like a swing from one party to another, you've also seen the same switch in the Senate. So if there is a Democrat president, you'll probably see a swing towards the Democrats in the Senate as well. And then that will obviously provide them with all three houses, the two houses of Congress and the White House. And that is why you've seen a bit of strong gun market movements in the second half of September, early October. This kind of blue wave where Democrats take control and have a lot more influence through their administration. So blue wave by the end of the week. Who knows? Quite a week in prospect. Thank you all very much indeed. Thanks, Lorna. Thanks, Lorna.